Catholic Views. I'm your host, Renee Kranz. On today's show, we will have Father Andy Young in the studio. Um, he is the new vicar general for the diocese and also a pastor at Risen Savior in Brandon. So we're going to um, find out what a vicar general does, um, among other things. He's going to tell us where he's been because he's been out of the diocese for a while. And we'll get to learn some things about him. And Bergwald probably wants me to start talking to him instead of wasting all his time with Well, you are looking nonsense. at me while you're talking, so I... <laughs> we need some biblical bites with Dr. B I have a morning. quick question, actually, about the interview with Father Andy. Oh, yeah. Why should I stay and listen? Like, what, 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 what's, the, what's the thing um, that, that was really, that's really cool in this interview that you'll really want us to stay for? Uh, well, he talks about his um, experience in the military because mm-hmm. he was a military chaplain, and he did not go to the seminary right away, uh, right after high school or whatever. Right. So there's there's a good story um, with him, and he is just a super super nice guy, lots of energy, real happy. So get your Sunday started off right, okay, or whatever day you're Sounds, listening, or whatever, <laughs> right, right, whatever day, whatever day it is. Speaking of Sunday or whatever day. Mm-hmm. What is today, Renee? Bill. Bill, did you study? Uh, no. Did you have to? Did I have to? <laughs> I did just in case. Oh, okay. <laughs> of an event like this. And? It's Pentecost. I think, and? I think oh, we all Pentecost. should be wearing red, right? So what's tomorrow, Renee? Tomorrow, <gasps> Monday. <laughs> it's the day after Pentecost. Well, 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 Memorial done. Day? No, it's not no, Memorial Day no, yet. Not That's Memorial not Day week. yet. Liturgically speaking. Oh, the first the first Sunday in or, ordinary, ordinary time, ordinary, but it'd be like a ordinary time. It's thirty. Not the first, that, that's, a, that's a good guess. Fails um, all around. It's actually a new feast day, but it is. We're back to ordinary time tomorrow. And now he's flipping through his book to see <laughs> what. <laughs> the, we're gonna, so it's we, it, we don't have time today to get in because it goes based on when Advent starts, and that the the week before right before that is the thirty fourth week in ordinary time. Okay, and then you back up to now. Okay. To figure out, so there's a gap. To figure out the ordinary. Okay, time. so let's we'll just take a little bit of liturgical trivia here. So when did we leave off? When was last time? Like when Bill Lent Renee, started? Where were we? No, well, so no, you answered. Well, you answered the question in, oh. inadvertently. Sorry. As they say. Well done. <laughs> what was the answer? What was what was the answer? What was the, the question? question. <laughs> yeah, she, this is a Jeopardy now. <laughs> Biblical bites. Yeah. Trebek. Um <laughs> Off the rails we go. <laughs> Ash Wednesday. Um, so with Ash Wednesday, we started Lent and then Easter. But so the last time we quote unquote saw ordinary time was the day before Ash Wednesday. Okay. So we've been in Lent, that, the, the season of Lent and the season of Easter ever since then. Right. But where we pick up, we don't pick up like, I don't know what we were at, the fourth week in ordinary, sixth, right. whatever we were at right. when when we got to Lent. We don't pick up yeah, right Yeah, we don't, there do we? Because you have to back up from the end of the liturgical year. So we look to when does Advent start, and that's based on Christmas. And then the week before Advent is the is always the 34th week in ordinary time. Okay. And then to find, so then you just back up week by so week So now we've got to get from here week. to the 34th week in ordinary time. Well, right. Because so there's nothing in between, right? To, correct. Right. Nothing in between. So to figure out... To figure out uh, what week in ordinary time we start after Pentecost. Seems like we're cheating here. Back, this is weird. Backwards. So this is really good because right now kids are all next, thinking their finals. Well, I was going to say next so, time you just need to bring like a whiteboard. So uh, yes, we can start yes, diagramming this all. Diagram out. the sentence and yes, that went half of my time or more or more. Uh, so it's Pentecost. Okay, so what yes. are we celebrating on Pentecost? We are celebrating the descent of the Holy Spirit onto the apostles. Right. What's okay now, Renee? This is. 
for a million dollars. Ooh. A million. I can't do the. Bill, you're out of this. What's his name? Accent. <laughs> Regis. I can't do Regis. If I could do Regis. You're just wasting more time. <laughs> what's the Old Testament? So this. So there's a right. This there's an Old Testament feast they were celebrating. Mm-hmm. It's Pentecost, which is which was there before. It. It's this is the Feast of Weeks, or right. this. Uh, we we saw this, Bill. I don't. We came across this somehow, or maybe it was with Brianna. Wasn't it me. Starts with an S. Maybe not. Because <laughs> <laughs> we look like nope, that's wrong. I know that the Feast of Weeks was just like so. That's at this time. that's all right. Right, right. That's what Pentecost is Whatever about. It's called. So um, it's it's, it's cel- it, it comes seven weeks after. Well, that was a Jewish thing, the Feast of Weeks. Passover, yeah. Passover which is yeah. always right on Easter. Yeah. So there's oh, a- Yeah, that was with- that Yes, was see? Shabbat. It, things are- Shabbat, right? Yes. The Sabbath, Sabbath. So, so anyway. The light went on, <laughs> not for any useful but reason. traditionally, <laughs> Pentecost for the Jews was when they celebrated, when they celebrated um, Moses re- receiving from God, I think, maybe giving the people, I'm not sure which, to be honest right now, as I okay. say, the law. Oh. The law. So this is why, if you like, St. Thomas Aquinas talks about the 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 law of the new covenant is the Holy Spirit. Okay. And I was when I first heard that, why why do we call the 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 Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, but He's the new law of the covenant? Yes, because He descended. Okay. On Pentecost, and Pentecost traditionally had been the celebration of the reception of the law in the old covenant. Okay. So in Pentecost, we're re- we're celebrating the reception of the new law, the law of the new covenant, which is the Holy Spirit Himself. And this is more than just the Ten Commandments, the law. Well, or is that included the, the Ten Commandments, okay. primarily the Ten Commandments. So okay. when we think about just as we're coming here, we're celebrating um, the, the new law. Remember, is written on our hearts. Mm-hmm. Give give us give us living hearts hearts that are alive because the Holy Spirit it was is what forms us He teaches us He creates us He equips us to be missionary disciples We celebrate His descent the new law on the Feast of Pentecost Yeah and make sure you all wear red In the studio with me today we have Father Andy Young who is the new Vicar General for the Diocese of Sioux Falls, and also pastor at Risen Savior Parish in Brandon. We can't forget that part because that's a very important part of your work. Absolutely. Right? That's Welcome, right. Father Young. <laughs> Thank you. It's Thanks good to for be being here, here with Thank me you. today. Um, so we're going to talk about, real briefly, so this is um, airing on Pentecost Sunday. That's right. So I want to first talk just a little bit about Pentecost, and then we're going to learn about you because you've been out of the diocese for a little while. I have been. And now you're back, and there's probably a lot of people who don't know who you are, including me. <laughs> so, so we want to get to know you a little bit and and your story. Okay, so, all right. Sure. So we'll start with Pentecost. Um, so we're cel- celebrating Pentecost today. What's Pentecost? Pentecost. So Pentecost Sunday. You know, it's the uh, um, it's the descent of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, you know we celebrate Easter. Uh, actually on, on Ascension, which was last Sunday, mm-hmm. it was 40 days prior. Actually, mm-hmm. Ascension is moved to Sunday. It's usually right. on Thursday. Tech, yep. <laughs> but it was moved to Sunday. And, uh, you know, 40 years after Jesus. 40 days. 40 days, sorry. 40 <laughs> That's days okay. <laughs> after his resurrection, you know, he ascended into heaven. Uh-huh. And then on the on 50 days was Pentecost. Right. And, and it's the descent of the Holy Spirit. And really, Jesus said, you know, I'm going to leave. You know, I'm leaving, but I will leave you an advocate. Right. Um, so someone to, to continue to to dwell among us. You know, the third person of the Trinity, the yeah. Holy Spirit, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So 
Jesus promises he will send that spirit. Thank goodness. And uh, thank the Lord. We need, we need the Holy Spirit. <laughs> yes. So this Holy Spirit's here among us to, to guide us, to help us, to inspire us. Um, and it's our job to be attentive to the Spirit mm-hmm. and how the Spirit moves us you know, to answer that call, to answer vocations, whatever it might be in our mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the Holy Spirit is, you know, it's kind of the, in many ways, it's almost forgotten because we understand God yes. the Father because we can see, you no know, creation and, and God the Son, you know, because Jesus came on the cross. But God the Holy Spirit, is, it's that, it's the one that continues to dwell with us. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it kind of is the forgotten part of the Trinity. And he's actually in, probably closer to us than almost, well, except Jesus yeah, in, the, yeah. in the Mass. Yeah. But yeah, he's he's the the person who's the closest to us all the time. Absolutely. He's really there. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So um, what happened on Pentecost Sunday? Uh, exactly. Well, you had the, you know, you had the, uh, the disciples all in the upper room. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were scared to death. They were scared because <laughs> they were told to go preach the message of, the, of Christ and they were, they were huddled. The door was locked, Yeah, you know, and uh, the Holy Spirit came down upon them um, and they were flames of tongues of fire. They say flames of fire came down upon them. And I love the old, you know, the old icons, the depiction, the pictures. Yeah. You have all the apostles and a little flame, little flame. over their head. Yeah, so it's like, <laughs> what does that flame mean? And that's, that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah. And, and, and it was remarkable is, you know, they're changed by the Holy Spirit. Just as we as we are in a confirmation, right. you know, the fullness of the Spirit were changed. And, mm-hmm. and those apostles, they were afraid to death. They were scared, hiding in the upper room. And upon the Holy Spirit coming upon them, they flung the doors open and they, they went to the world to spread the message of Christ. So it yep. gave them that courage. It gave them those gifts of the Holy Spirit we talk about, yeah. the seven gifts. And and they went out there. They had better knowledge of Christ. They had better better wisdom you know, to, to put things in, in place in their life. And they had the courage to yeah. do so. Yeah. Uh, they were not afraid no longer. They were now ready to, to be those, those disciples, those apostles that Christ called them to be. Yeah. And I think the Holy Spirit still does that for us today, doesn't it? Absolutely, through confirmation. Yeah. You know, yeah. We're a fullness of the Spirit. And that's why we say, you know, we're made soldiers of Christ through confirmation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, and that's when we, when we teach the kids about confirmation, it is, it's like, you are, you are now a soldier for Christ. You have, you've, you've, you've learned, you know, we can always learn more about, about, about God in our life. We'll never know all about God, mm-hmm. but, but, but at that point we've learned enough to, to go out and, and to spread it with others and, yeah. to, and to have that same courage that the apostles had. So, yep. so again, we're called, we receive the same spirit and we're called to do the same thing. Yeah. Yep. So let's go, huh? Absolutely. <laughs> Game on. <laughs> All right. So thanks for giving us that a bit of information. All right, good. So we'll talk a little bit about you. Um, can you just tell us where you're from, where you grew up, that kind of thing first? Sure. So I'm a South Dakota native. I okay. was uh, born and raised in Mitchell, South Dakota. Ooh, Mitchell. That's uh, so why my parents are born and raised in Mitchell. They still okay. live there. Uh, uh, so I'm a Mitchell Colonel uh, by by birth, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, don't tell the Brandon people that. <laughs> but, Is there like I, a big but I now, but I'm now a Lynx. So there we go. <laughs> okay. I'm a Brandon Lynx now. I wear red and black. I All bleed right. red. Good, <laughs> literally. good. Uh, so yeah, born in Mitchell. Uh, graduated high school in 1995. Um, I went off to uh, the. I was uh, accepted in the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. Okay. So military college, and so I went to four years of military college. Got a degree in aerospace engineering, so I am a literal rocket scientist. Wow, <laughs> awesome! I've never used it, but the, the degree is in that. Um, Could you and, do it? Like, if you had to, uh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> the formulas might not be there, but um, right. And then I was uh, upon graduation. I was commissioned in 1999 to be a Marine Corps officer. Okay. And so I served at the Marine Corps for uh, nearly six years. Um, and uh, then I got out, and I did a couple of. The, I, I taught high school for a couple of years in California. Oh, okay. Uh, eventually went to seminary. I uh, spent two years in Cromwell, Connecticut, and then four years in Rome, Italy. Okay. And then I was ordained a priest uh, for the Diocese of Sioux Falls in 2012. Okay. Uh, so yeah, it's been a been a journey. So it's yeah. A, 
So now you told me you were in a couple different branches of the military. How did yes. that happen? <laughs> well, so I was so I was commissioned as a Marine first. And yeah. so uh, I was prior to being a priest. And so I was a normal Marine officer that I uh, was part of a, a battalion out of California. Um, actually, was deployed before 9-11 happened. I was in Australia when 9-11 happened. And oh, okay. was then uh, sent to um, Pakistan and then in Afghanistan for oh, the wow. initial uh, invasion there. And then um, came back and, and was moved to the regiment and went off to Iraq. So for the... <laughs> For the uh, 2003 um, uh, war there, um, so so then I eventually got out of the Marine Corps, uh, went to seminary, uh, and then I was I was co-sponsored by the military archdiocese. Oh yes, and so yes. the idea would be that I would uh, serve part of my time in our diocese, mm-hmm. diocese Sioux Falls, and part of the time with the military archdiocese, which oversees all the military branches. Right. Um, so the Marines don't have chaplains. The chaplains that serve oh, the Marines don't? are Navy chaplains. Uh, so uh, all the Navy chaplains served the Marines. So okay, that makes I could sense. be a Marine chaplain. So yeah. I'm like, well, I might as well be a Navy chaplain. Uh, so I was, on a, I was on a boat. So that's why I was in the diocese for three years at the Cathedral of St. Joseph. Mm-hmm. And then I went and served uh, uh, nearly, nearly three years uh, as a Navy chaplain on board the USS Wasp. Okay. Um, Bishop called, I, I came back. Uh, Bishop called me back. I came back for a, uh, a year stint at St. Lambert's, which is a great parish, St. Lambert's. Oh, uh, and when then, was that? That was three years ago. Okay. So okay. Um, but I had a five-year commitment to the archdiocese, oh, sure. and so the idea was I would I would finish out that commitment. Um, so um, I was already out of the navy, and uh, so and I had worked a little bit with the air guard here in Sioux Falls, mm-hmm. and so I said, well, you know, it's a good good translation maybe to go to the air force, and then if, if I ever need to serve again, which I don't think so, but if I ever <laughs> bishop ever calls me to serve again, uh, I could easily kind of transition into the guard. So I went sure. off to the air force. And I was with the um, Air Force Special Operations Command okay. um, down in Florida. And, and during that time, I deployed to Afghanistan. Actually, last year at this time. Oh, okay. Uh, my first Sunday in Afghanistan was on Ascension uh, Sunday. Oh, so, wow. So a wow. year ago. Uh, okay, good. So we'll talk a little bit more about the um, military chaplaincy sure. uh, in a little bit. But can you talk about, um, I always like to hear how priests got their call <laughs> to the priesthood. And I think a lot of people like to hear that because everybody's story is different. Yeah. And I think especially for young men who might be discerning a call to the priesthood, it's good for them to hear other people's story. Absolutely. So will you tell us sure. how that happened? You know, I, growing up, I didn't, I, my first Catholic school I ever went to a seminary. So <laughs> I was a public school kid my whole life <laughs> yep. uh, until seminary. Uh-huh. And, uh, uh, you know, growing up, you know, we went to Catholic mass. I was, you know, born and raised Catholic. Um, and, and I kind of had thought about a vocation when I was little. I, you know, I, I, I was— uh, in, in those days, in those days, I feel like I'm really old, but in those <laughs> days, know. you know, the only ones who served at Catholic Mass at Mitchell were the ones who went to Catholic school. Um, oh, okay. So I remember asking Father Lamb to ask my mom if I could be an altar server. And uh, my mother asked Father Lamb who has since passed away. And he's like, of course, I'll, I'll train him. So I went and Father Lamb trained me. Nice. Uh, and uh, and I, so even at a young age, there was something that was um, uh, drew me to the church. And mm-hmm. I, I didn't, you know, I really probably didn't know what a vocation was right. or what, you know, what even would to come a priest and, and no one really ever talked about it that much mm-hmm. um, but it was something there from a young age and uh going to going to going to the military uh you know the uh, chaplains play a big role in the military sure and uh um uh, I, when i moved to california i was very involved in the local church um i actually helped with the youth group okay. and uh, i think that is really where i started feeling more confidence in and my faith and 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 um and the desire to serve. Sure. Um, and the desire to serve as a military person too, that kind of goes together, you know? Right. Actually, the number one, for so the people who serve in the military, the number one second vocation they have is actually the priesthood. You're kidding. Yeah. It's very, very common that- I didn't know that. That, that, that priests come out of the military. Because um, it's the same, same sort of idea of yes. service, serving others. The same heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so so it really was, and I, had, and I had debated, I had talked about it, I got to know the Norbertines 
uh, religious order in California well. And I used to go up there for holy hour and uh, I kind of discerned a little bit with them. Um, and But it wasn't until, it wasn't actually I decided to go teach another year at school. I just signed my contract over summer and I went with the youth down to a, a life teen uh, Steubenville conference in mm-hmm. San Diego. Yeah. And during adoration, I knew for certain I made the wrong decision. And so literally I left, I called as my parents. As far as teaching was the wrong decision. Teaching, okay. I should call Father Mason and say, I got to go to seminary. And this is like July. And, they, and so I called my parents and said, I made a bad decision. I, I think I need to go to seminary. And uh, uh, my parents like, uh, okay. And then I called Father Mason and he said, well, you can start if you can be in Connecticut in six weeks. I'm like, I can do it. I called my parents back. They're like, what? But again, it was, it was, um, I, it was there from a young age, and, it, and it, but it took, I think it really took people asking me. Sure. You know, it was, took priests asking me, you know, have you ever thought about being a priest? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and then walking with me. Cause I, I it's, you know, it's not, um, it's probably not a common vocation that young men go to say, Hey, you know, raising, I want to be a priest. You right. know? So it's, it takes someone to help them understand what that means yeah. and to walk with them and to, um, so I had priests in my life that did that for me. That's really good. I've actually heard that a couple of times where usually people have asked the person, have you ever thought of being a priest? And I think that's good. It doesn't hurt. Some people might see that as being too pushy and pushing them into it, but otherwise sometimes they don't think about it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's good. And I didn't know where to start. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, what do I do? Yeah. Who do I talk to? I don't know. (laughs) Um, So your parents were a little surprised by that. They were surprised. And they, you know, they knew like when I, when I moved to California and even in college, they knew my involvement and they Mm -hmm. knew that was very, my faith was very important. I mean, the the military, I would go to daily mass and they knew it was very important to me. Right. Um, But I don't think they ever really, I don't think they expected it, you know, because again, they like, you just went to college, you have this degree, you, you know, you've been in the Marine Corps, you know, you could do a life in the Marine Corps, um, you know. Why would you almost look like? Why would you start over? Right. And uh, and uh, but again, they 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 also knew my 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 passion, my love yeah. uh, for the church and for for the mass. Yeah. Um, and for Christ. And so uh, I think at first they were surprised. Uh, they were surprised. <laughs> but uh, I, but afterwards, as as we've gone on and after I was ordained, uh, they just saw the the peace and the joy mm-hmm. that came through that. And yeah. uh, and they know it's the right place. Yeah. And are you an only child? I'm the youngest. I'm the You're baby. The youngest. Yes. Okay. So it wasn't a, oh no, we'll never have grandchildren or anything no, like that. But, That's but the only thing my brother said is I told him, I went out for lunch with him. I said, Jay, I'm going to go to seminary. And he said, the only, the only thing is you can't cheer for Notre Dame. <laughs> that is, that is against his team, yeah. apparently. <laughs> well, whatever the big I still brother cheer for Notre says, Dame. Right? Though, so. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> All right. Um, did you have any fear or hesitation as you were kind of going through seminary and hesit- and and st- continuing to discern before you were ordained? I did. You know, I mean, the first two years in Connecticut, uh, actually, when I finished my first year, I packed my car up and took everything back home because I'm like, I'm not sure I'm coming back in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> because again, it, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a life commitment, yeah. you know? And, and, and I, and I, I, um, it wasn't until probably my first year in major theology when I was in Rome um, that I really um, felt comfortable and really knew that that's where um, certain certainly God wanted me. Yeah, you know it took in and seminary is discernment. You know, yeah. people go to seminary. It's not that they they, they become a priest the first day of right. seminary. It's right. a discernment <laughs> process. It's a it's you know six or eight years, whatever it might be for each individual person. Mm-hmm. That's the process. And yeah. and so again, but I, my first year in major seminary, yeah, I never looked back. I mean, I, I, I was, you know, like, this is where God wants me. Is this the right place? Mm-hmm. You know, because you, you have, you know, people from the, from your old life, you know, saying, hey, well, you can still come back. You can still do this. You can still do that. 
and you keep options open. And right. it wasn't until that first year in, in Rome that I closed the door. Right. And I said, you know what? Those doors are closed. <laughs> And this is where I meant to be. I'm in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you're just joining us, so I'm talking to you, Father Andy Young, uh, who is the new vicar general for the Diocese of Sioux Falls and the pastor at Risen Savior in Brandon. Um, okay. So, is there anything you were ordained not that long ago? What year? 2012. Okay. So, oh gosh, almost 10 years. Yeah. Um, is there anything from your ordination day that stands out? Just the, I mean, the incredible peace and joy. Mm hmm. I mean, that, that was, uh, I just remember just being, uh, and I made my mother said that she's, I've never seen you so joyful. Yeah. And it was just, it was just the, you know, a process of, you know, those six years and, and knowing that that is the, the, the end, but also the beginning. Yeah. It's the end of the schooling, but it's the beginning of the ministry. Yeah. And, uh, just the, the, the excitement of going and doing what I've been trained and prayed, prayed for, you know, for years. Yeah. Uh, so I think that was the, and I don't remember much of the ceremony. It's just like, I remember the mass. <laughs> I can remember things happening, but it was just, a, it was a kind of a blur, but just, I remember just the joy and having my family all here. My, mm -hmm. my brother and his family from Virginia came out and my sister and all her kids were there. And Good. Um, it was just, it was, it was just knowing that that's where God wanted me yeah. and that I was following the path. Yeah. Good. Good. We have ordinations, of course, coming up here yeah. very, very soon. So some new men will be take, starting Praise their God. journey. Yes, yes. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about your time as a military chaplain. Um, can you, what, maybe this is an obvious question. I don't know. What does a military chaplain do? I mean, I know you're probably saying masses and stuff for um, the men. What else do you do? It's a unique role. So mm -hmm. we, so chaplains uh, can be from many different denominations um, and faith groups. Okay. And so we have... Muslim chaplains, we have Catholic chaplains, we have Protestant chaplains, mm -hmm. we have uh, Jewish chaplains, um, you know, Hindu chaplains. And so, uh, you know, we are there to, a couple of different roles. We are there to provide for all. Okay. And so as a chaplain, we, you know, are, we are assigned to us to certain squadrons or certain, you know, our certain ship or whatever it might be. And, sure. and those sailors or, or airmen or those Marines are all yours. And are you, you know? the only, you're the only chaplain then there? It, it, for those units, you're typically their chaplain, okay. correct. And so- uh, so like when I was in the ship, I was that I was a ship chaplain. Mm -hmm. And so if somebody, you know, there were two of us in the ship, one shoot, but the other, uh, was my, my supervisor. Um, so again, if someone came in and said, Hey chaplain, I want to talk about whatever, you know, I would, even if they, they could have been, you know, I had many, you know, Muslims or many, you know, Jewish folks that, right. that would come and, and talk to me cause I was their chaplain. Right. And, uh, and sometimes they came because they had, you know, trouble with their marriage. Or sometimes mm -hmm. they came because they were just, uh, you know, had trouble with their boss, or right. they just wanted to talk to somebody. Right. Um. So we did a lot of counseling, but we, um, and we were just there for them to do whatever it might be that they needed. So, uh, we. And one thing about chaplains in the military is we have a hundred percent confidentiality, which actually comes from the priesthood, <laughs> right? Because we have the the confessional. So yeah. any anyone who talks to a chaplain, hundred percent confidentiality. So they can be assured if they go to talk to a chaplain and they're struggling with something, that chaplain can't tell that to anybody. Right. Um. Which I always say is a blessing and a curse. Blessing because you get them to come and talk to you, but a curse is sometimes they tell you things which um, which can be challenging to try to help them through if they sure. don't want the extra help. Right, right. Um, if you're the only one who knows. Yeah. Right. yeah. And so so we, so we that's kind of like the as a chaplain we do, but since I was a Catholic priest as a chaplain, I also served the entire Catholic community. Mm -hmm. So again, all the units may have had their own little chaplain, but I was the only Catholic priest. Like when I was in the Air Force down at Hilbert Field, I was the only Catholic priest on base. Right. And so- that, so I had my units, but I also had the entire Catholic flock. <laughs> and I had the military members, but also their families, their, sure. their wives and their children. Yeah. Um, they were all all mine. And so, so did you have a parish there? or is I it? it was a parish okay. on base, so okay. I had a, a chapel. And and in the military, you have one chapel, and it's multi-denominational. So at Catholic Mass, you'd, open, you'd 
put the crucifix out. You'd open up the stations of the cross. He'd, Mary and Joseph were in boxes. You'd open them up. <laughs> and after mass, you'd close them all and you put the crucifix up or you put the cross up. Right. And so you you have to work, you really work hand in hand with the, with, with the other chaplains sure. who are maybe many different faiths and maybe different views on theology. Yeah. Uh, but you learn to work together yeah. uh, for the for the good of the airman yeah. and the good of the service member. That's what we're there for. We're there right. to, you know, to provide for them their religious rights. Yeah, um, yeah. And so like when I was, when I was deployed, uh, again, when I was in Afghanistan just a year ago, um, I was the only Catholic priest from the military in the entire country of Afghanistan. Um, so I was stationed in at Bagram Air Force Base mm-hmm. up in the north. And uh, so the army would fly me around in their Blackhawks um, and I would go. So I still had my responsibility for my airmen, but I also fly to different bases, different. Um, I was able to go to the uh, the, the embassy in Kabul. Oh, it was yeah. the first time they had mass there in over six months. Oh, wow. Uh, first time they had a religious service there in over six months. Mm-hmm. And so- um, and again, with the pandemic and everything else going on, there were even yep. more restrictions. But so yeah, I would fly around and and offer mass um, to to our airmen, to our soldiers, to our marine yeah. and sailors, wherever they were stationed. Yeah. So you were busy. I was busy. Yeah, but a great grace. <laughs> and those and they were they were just so um, you know having been deployed as a marine and not having a priest, um, yeah. I know the importance of of having mass. Yeah, and you know and and, and how it you you know especially when you're in a war zone yeah. and not having the Eucharist or yep. not having confession. Um, how important that is. Yep. And you could see it in, when I would interact with these uh, with our military men and women. Yeah, that's really great. All right, we have a couple minutes left, and I better ask you quick, what the heck does a vicar general do? <laughs> Good question. <laughs> have you figured it out yet? I'm working on that. <laughs> well, you know, it, it can take a different role wherever you go, but okay. kind of the basic thing, I think, what the bishop is really trying to, to have this role be, since I do have an office here in the chancery, mm-hmm. Um, for the simple, it really didn't, but I, right. I will. And he really wants me to run the day in and day outs of things that are going on here so he can go out and be with the people. Right. No, he's a shepherd. He is. And he wants to shepherd the people. He wants to go to the ends of the diocese and he wants <laughs> to be you know, at their masses and be involved in their parishes. And, mm-hmm. and they, he wants the people to know their shepherd. Right. Uh, so, but when he's gone, someone's got to be back here. Got to keep the balls in the air. Someone's <laughs> got to keep us all in line here. So I guess I'm, 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 I'm the clown keeping the balls in the air. But no, it really is. It's... um. Is so he can go and do what he's called to do as bishop. Yeah. And, uh, so whatever way I can support and be that person, um, um, I, I'm I'm willing to to do whatever he needs to so he can he can fulfill his role as bishop yeah. and, and shepherd. Were you excited when he called you about that, or were you like, uh oh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I, I was uh, I was probably more like uh oh, but uh, uh, I was glad that I, again it you know when we're called to the priest, we're called to do a variety of different things. Yeah. And. Um, and I, w- I was happy to have a parish. Yeah, and, and yes. that was one one thing I talked to him about is that I really wanted to. Pres- I love I'm, I love being with people. Parish, I love yeah. I love baptizing kids and, and, and doing marriage preparation and and uh, so I was happy to be at, at Brandon and that risen yeah. savior. Yeah, you get the best of both worlds: a bit of parish life and a bit of your kind of you're used to the uh, officer kind of running the show kind of thing. So. <laughs> Kind of, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> My car knows how to drive down Rice Street very well. It can drive itself real soon. <laughs> That's great. All right. Um, there's more I wanted to ask you, but we'll have to save it for another time. Okay. Because we are out of time. So thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. And um, we'll try not to cause you too much trouble while you're here. We'll do our best. <laughs> thank you for the opportunity. All right. Thanks, Father Young. All right. Next week on the show, we will have the newly ordained Father Jeff Schulte in the studio with us. We'll find out a little bit about him how ordination went, and what he's looking forward to as a priest coming up. If you have not looked for us on um, as a podcast yet, you can find us at places like Stitcher, um, Spotify, uh, Apple iTunes. 
Uh, Just search for Catholic Views and you should be able to find us in lots of different places. That's it for us today. Hope you'll join us again next week for more Catholic Views. Music